Good morning, Eve. Good morning. Is it technically morning if it's that dark out? Not sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. Welcome to More Than Money. It is morning, so to speak. It's 80420. 80420. 80423. It's 804. <laughs> and happy to be with you, actually, as of this morning. Kind of just really happy to be vertical and out and around. Cause I'm happy he made it. I know. <laughs> it was a big night last night. We'll talk to you about that here in a second. Uh, but welcome to More Than Money. And hopefully over the next couple of hours, we'll give you some really good information that will help you uh, make your financial life just a little bit better. If at any point uh, you find yourself being even mildly entertained, you have my deepest apologies. That was certainly never my intent. Hmm. All right, maybe it was a little. Uh, welcome. You've got uh, Gene Dickinson, your host, your personal financial advisor with 780 years of experience at your service. Joining me in the studio after a rather interesting night of her own, that would be the lovely and talented Alyssa Young. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Besides uh, sleepy. Sleepy. <laughs> Well, that pretty much actually, that pretty much covers it. He's still waking up. I mean, I'm yeah. not exactly um, energized and chipper myself, but uh, getting there. You, you, you put on a good act for not being <laughs> chipper. You, you you act chipper this oh, morning. Good. So okay. That's a good thing. Good. I'm fooling you all. <laughs> Fake it till you make it is a very important phrase. Absolutely. Um, for those of you who are loyal listeners, you know that in the first few moments of the show, we're going to give you some. Um, backstory, some things that are going on here and some things that have been going on in the markets. And it would have been really good if I had brought that other pad. But, hey, what are you going to do? We'll be just fine. Um, and then we answer tons of questions. And it might be an investment question, a retirement question, an income tax question, a Roth IRA question, a conversion question. And I don't know what being Jewish has to do with Roth IRAs, but, hey, we'll answer those questions, too. Um, estate planning, lots of questions about estate planning, always. Powers of attorney and medical directives and trusts. Should you have a trust? I probably shouldn't. Actually, you probably should. You think? You, you got young kids. Mm. What if the two of you are... <coughs> by the way, is a technical term. <laughs> they teach us in the financial advisory world means you croaked. Um, so, uh, estate planning and uh, and business. We talk about... Uh, Lots uh, of stuff. Oh, yeah, tons of stuff. Uh, if it's got any concern for you, it is of concern of ours, and we're here to help. And we're going to give you three different ways that you can join us this morning. You can choose. You can mix and match. Uh, that would be uh, absolutely our pleasure to serve you. Uh, the first is our traditional 610-720-7900, 610-720-7900. That brings you right to the lovely and talented Mr. John Elliott, Mr. Sunshine. Happy to serve you this morning, and uh, John will help out and get you right over to us. Uh, that would be fantastic. If you find it more convenient to email us, that works really well. It sure does. Um, you made out really well last week. Yeah. I heard lots of good stuff about your show. Oh, 
Oh, thanks. Yeah, lots of good I had stuff. a few great calls and a couple of emails. So thanks to the listeners for making it a great show. <sighs> it's always the case. That's right. <laughs> yeah, if um, if you're if you're ex- expecting excitement from two hours of us, <sighs> John's been doing this with me for over twenty years, and and he didn't even hesitate. He just shook his head. And went, oh hell no, <laughs> that ain't gonna happen. So no, it's all once. <laughs> Once we put the audience in the right spot, which is front and center, the shows are really good. When the phone rings, John says, oh, thank God. (laughs) Heard that. Heard that, too. (laughs) Yeah, I know the answer to that. Please, someone call. (laughs) Um, Alyssa did a great uh, job last week, as she does every time she hosts the show. Uh, We were uh, traveling. Actually, um, did you tell folks that we were in Atlanta last week? I did. So uh, they already know that part, likely. Yes. Unless they missed last week's show, which is on podcast on our website. That's right. Catch um, up. Um, or mustard. Gosh, I don't know what <laughs> condiments have to do with it, but okay. Uh, speaking of website, that's another way that you can join us. You can send us emails, Alyssa, A-L-Y-S-S-A, at askmtm.com. You can send them to me, Gene. G-E-N-E and askmtm.com. Spelling is important. Yes. Apparently, uh, we, Alyssa can be spelled a number of ways. Gene yes. can be spelled a number of ways. So that's why we announce it. Uh, Gene at askmtm.com. And you can go through our website, morethanmoneyonline.com. Morethanmoneyonline.com. Um, hit the Listen Live button. Works very, very well. It appears magically Saturday mornings about 8.05. Disappears just as magically right around 10 a.m. Because that's our live show. We are live Saturday mornings. Our competitors put their shows in the can. And it has been suggested by many that that's exactly where they belong. In the can. Eh, That's just a thought. 610-720-7900. 610-720-7900. Uh, is the number that you can call Gene at askmtm.com, Alyssa at askmtm.com. We're going to go right to the phones and we're going to talk to Pat. Pat, good morning. Good morning. I have a question. My attorneys and my um, investors, I want to give um, my house to my daughter. So if something happens to me, I go in a nursing home or something, it's protected because it's, it's a it's a quite a large home. Can I should I sell it to her or just give it to her or if you wish your daughter to own the home or some part of the home, you don't have to give all of it away. You could put her name on a deed with yours, so in essence you'd be giving half of it away, or you can put her transfer the entire property to her name, in which case, yes, that would be a hundred percent out of your estate, out of your assets, it would be gone, so to speak, for uh, nursing home issues, for uh, under most circumstances for nursing home issues, and for estate tax issues. Whether you should or not is a very different question. Can I ask a couple questions? Sure. How old, are you, how old are you? I'm 72. So, first of all, you're quite young. To be, to, to, <laughs> thank to, you. Well, no, you're very welcome, and 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 hopefully the good Lord has plans for you to be in around another ten, 
maybe 15, 20, 25 years. That'd be fantastic. Fantastic for you, for your family, etc. A lot can happen in that kind of a time frame. So one of the things that you might be concerned about is, is there a risk that might even be bigger than the risk that you're going to need, that, that, that a nursing home is going to try to attach your home? Um, uh, for example, if you put the home in your daughter's name and, and, and she gets sued, you could lose your home. If she goes through a bankruptcy, you could lose your home. Uh, if there's a, uh, a loss of any kind in her life, you could lose your home. So you need to think carefully about what those risks are. For some children, the risks are very small. For other children, I think you know what I'm talking about. It can get pretty wild out there, and and it may be of some concern. Uh, My second question for you is, if you were to pass away in the near future, would your daughter live in the home? No, she probably would sell it. Yeah, and how long have you been in the home? Um, 30 years. So... My husband passed away. He just retired. He got sick and he died. Oh, my goodness. And so he never got any time. Uh, and he was only 65. Uh, so I want to I want, I want to make sure that, that this is given to her. There's quite a bit of other money involved that I've got tied up in trusts and, and, and that. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, two things. Uh, if you've got money tied up in trusts and that means you've got an estate planning attorney that you trust, that's my guess. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> okay, that's that, that's that's a, a reasonable answer. Uh, if you trust the attorney, I would discuss this with the attorney for sure. One of my concerns is for your daughter, and and here's why I say that: you've been in the home a very long time, which means likely you paid thirty years ago. You paid a relatively small amount for the house, and it's now worth a fairly large number. That's my guess. Correct. Okay. So if she is given the house, if you give her the home, if if it's now hers, and after your passing she sells it, she's going to pay a lot of income tax. If she inherits it through your estate, she will pay virtually no income tax. So that's that's something that you're going to want to look at very carefully with an attorney or a tax preparer, a professional tax preparer. Uh, if you're not sure about your attorney or if you're not sure about your tax preparer, you are welcome to come in. There's no charge to come into our MTM uh, world headquarters in the Holy Lands between Bethlehem and Nazareth and have uh, our advisors look at the numbers for you just to make sure that you're really, really clear about what will happen either way. There's no perfect answer. Uh, you can protect your home from nursing home and from uh, estate taxes, but then uh, your daughter will end up paying a fair amount of income tax, or you can protect her from the income tax and maybe end up having some problems with estate tax and nursing homes. So there's no perfect solution. All, all you need to do, or, or the most important thing you need to do, is to make sure you understand exactly what the impact is both ways so that then when you make your decision, you've been fully informed and it's the decision that's best for you and your daughter. Okay. Is there a number I can call you? Of course. Mm 610-746-7007. 7007. Exactly. All right. I will call you. Thank you very much. Thank you. You take care. God bless. Bye.
Uh, one of the most common questions we get. Mm-hmm. Hard to conceptualize. Much easier when we're sitting face-to-face across the table and we can put numbers on a piece of paper. Yes. As with any question, really, the more specific the question and the information, the better we can help. But That is yeah. absolutely <laughs> correct. And there's so much um, communication that happens that isn't in words. <laughs> True. And and we learn a great deal, particularly in this case. God bless her. Lost her husband at a yeah. very young age and, and uh, very similar to what happened to my dad. He was uh, retired less than a year. And uh, he, and he and I were building our homes together on the same property, and he passed away. Mother made a rather interesting decision thereafter. She never moved into the new house. Oh, wow. Stayed in her home. She was born in that home, raised in that home. Raised her family in that home. Mm. Um, she would have lived in the new house if my dad wanted her to. But with dad gone, didn't need to. Wow. And that was cool. Yeah. Got to make your own decisions. Got to right. make best decisions, the decisions that are best for you. Speaking of best, football game last night? You <laughs> Nas- want to give the uh, audience just a little bit of a report? Sure. Um, Nazareth beat Easton last night. That's our rivalry game, our last regular season game, and it was at home at Andrew S. Lay Stadium. We won 16-9. I'm pretty proud of my son, number nine. He uh, did a great job. He played a lot of defense last night, lots of tackles. And it was a wet, windy game. <laughs> so we were, um, you know, feeling like pretty diehard fans out there. It was exciting. Um, we had fun. And so now they go on to the playoffs. And I guess tonight or tomorrow morning, the um, game playoff games will be outlined for everybody who's playing, who, where, what the seeds are. Because there's a couple games that happen today that will determine how everything shakes out. But we had fun. I was very impressed with Easton's band, as I always am. The Easton high school marching band is huge and awesome. So they took up literally three sections of the bleachers across <sighs> on the visitor side, all all wearing red. They were playing like t- like current hits, <laughs> like entire songs, um, dancing. They were so fun. They did a great halftime show. But even during the entire game, I was quite entertained um, and they made it even better atmosphere. So uh, kudos to the marching band. I was... I was love, loving them, um, but I'm glad that they were better than the football team last night. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're still from Nazareth. That's Come on. right. Come yeah. on. Uh, well, that, how impressive is that for Easton? That's great. Yeah. Something to be really proud of. Yeah, yeah, and they're consistently good. I mean, I, I know some people. I, I have a former coworker who was um, a band mom years ago, and um, I, they've always been very strong and uh, over you know over the years but they never cease to impress me when I see them at a game like I think I've said this every year we play East End I'm like but their band was great (laughs) Um, when I was growing up many many years ago um, the band at my high school was everything it was our sports teams were eh, okay Um, and and I say that fully acknowledging that I was part of the sports teams (laughs) and they were eh, okay Um, we had brief moments of shining, and the rest of it was, uh, okay. Uh, but the band, oh, my gosh. And the gentleman who was responsible for it just passed away. Oh, wow. Uh, they actually ended up naming the auditorium after him. He was such an influence on so many of my friends. Me, personally, um, if I'm in church, 
and Alyssa's here to uh, to testify. Can <laughs> I get an amen? Amen. Because she's often, and Juliana and Andrew, often with me and, and with Diane in church. And, and some of the songs are just so amazing. Um, we, we are blessed that Bethany, our music director, just finds some great stuff. And the old, the, are you kidding me? I grew up in an old-fashioned church, so... The old hymns are fantastic. But if I even start the hymn, somebody will tap me on the shoulder and go, cut it out. Just cut it out. I but don't do that. I have the, well, no, you don't. But, but, <laughs> but that, that's because Juliana would punch you. Um, it is, I love music. I have no musical talent whatsoever. But my friends growing up, oh, the skills they had oh, warms my heart. 610-720-7900, gene at askmtm.com, morethanmoneyonline.com. We'll talk about Gene's evening yes. in a bit. Uh, email, this may be silly, asking you to diagnose a medical condition over the phone, but here goes. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Dr. So, Gene. Something about ointment. That's, a, that's oh. always a bad, no, it doesn't say that. Um, the question is, is keeping comprehensive and colli- collision coverage wise on a nine-year-old vehicle that's worth less than 10,000 bucks. So last week I said to our listeners, if you have any questions about insurance policies, email them because we're planning a future show with an insurance agent to answer those questions. Well, why don't we save it? We should save it. All right, Steve, we're going to save that because I have my opinion. It's about dropping comprehensive and collision. Um, The collision, if you can eat 10,000 bucks without a whole lot of pain, of course, less deductible and deductibles these days can be pretty high mm-hmm. Then dropping collision makes a lot of sense. Comprehensive is a different question altogether. Comprehensive is a lot of protection. Interesting. Uh, so that would be a great question for our show when we have the, when we have the interview with the insurance agent. So, um, gosh, Steve gives us all the details. Okay. So, um, you can forward that way, to me. I'll store he, it. He thanks. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing he's thanking me for the advice, the sarcasm, <laughs> um, and the dad jokes. <laughs> hey, the non-dad jokes, I can't tell on the radio. Those are rude in so many ways. I just, oh, goodness. I told you one yesterday about my ordering lunch. I mean, you, I can't tell that's that on the right. radio. That's right. No, you that's can't. Really... You guys don't want to hear Gene's jokes. It's uh, too early in the morning. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and by the way, if it's uh, after the show, it's too late in the morning and then too early in the afternoon. 610-720-7900. That's the number that Jay has called. Jay, good morning. Good morning, Gene. How are you? How are you? Oh, very well. How are you? I am well. I have a question for you. I've got uh, some elderly neighbors that uh, can no longer afford to stay in their house, uh, taxes and upkeep and all the other good stuff. And uh, they, uh, I asked them, well, what, what are you going to do with this house when, when you're not here anymore? And they said, well, it's really not an issue because we're, we're not going to be able to stay. And uh, they said that they were going to will it to me. And I said, well, I said, instead of willing it to me, why don't you let me buy it? And I'll give you life rights. And they thought about it for two years and recently approached me about going through with the transaction. My question to you, sir, is, is there a look back 
should one of them become ill and go into a, a nursing home, I am not related in any way, shape, or form, just a neighbor for 30 years. Uh, I've taken very good care of them. They've become like family, nice. even though there's no blood. Yeah. But in an effort to let them live out their lives in that home, is this a good idea or am, am I a moron? Oh, my gosh. Uh, let's let's wipe the word moron off of the discussion. Uh, your okay. yeah, your in, in intentions here are so wonderful, and 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 your um, uh, willingness um, to not just uh, assist them, but assist them at a really really high level is uh, is terrific. It's just wonderful. Uh, it's a great way to start the show this morning. Um, so is is it a, a um, a reasonable um, uh, solution? I think the answer is absolutely yes. Giving them life rights uh, is very generous on your part, and it gives them them pr- tremendous protection. Um, if the issue comes up in terms of the the uh, the market value of the property, um, if you are negotiating, uh, you should understand that giving someone, particularly a couple. Life rights uh, is an incredibly valuable thing that you are giving them. So using very simple numbers, if the home is worth 250000 if it were sold to you um, free and clear, uh, giving someone life rights might reduce that, that uh, purchase price. Um, depending on their age, could be uh, down to two hundred, could be one fifty, could be more if they are uh, much younger. So if they're... Uh, I'm, I'm picking an age again, 80 years old, and the home is worth 250. Uh, a normal negotiated price would be somewhere in the 175 to 200 range to reflect how valuable giving them life rights really is. Because you may not be able to take uh, control of that property for years and years and years. That's why there's a reduction in value. But right. what, what you're trying to do is wonderful. The fact that it is an arm's length transaction, you're not related, will allow them to qualify for um, benefits uh, sooner rather than later. Qualifying for benefits, in, in, in this case, Medicaid, uh, it's, it's valuable for their protection, but it, it's also not necessarily the most wonderful thing. So what you're trying to do is to help them stay in their home. That's the healthiest thing that they can possibly do. I'm sorry. Sorry, Jay. I just wanted to go back to one thing you said in your initial question was about the look back period. And mm-hmm. if I understand correctly, that would only apply if it was a gift, right? Like when people are trying to give away assets to protect them from retirement homes and things, that's when the look back period would apply, but not a sale. Is that correct? It, it, it is likely correct. Uh, if, for example, I were to sell my home to you as a friend, you, they would go, yeah, that's probably pretty straightforward. If I sell it to my daughter, that's a whole different question. This situation with Jay is very clean, okay. very above board. And again, the life rights piece is what really adds um, credibility, legitimacy. It's a concern for the consumer, which is the whole idea of the look back period is to protect 
both the government payouts and the consumer. Okay. So, Jay, I make sure you use a trusted attorney to make sure the paperwork is done correctly because it's got to be uh, a life right has to be registered at the courthouse along with the deed because it follows the home. If you were to sell the home in the future, whoever would buy it also must respect the life rights of those folks. So make sure you're working with a trusted attorney. But God bless you, brother. This is a this is a wonderful thing you're doing. Okay. Well, I have one other question. Or yeah, go quick. We got about a caveat. minute. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So they're selling me the house at a discount mm-hmm. for the consideration of the life rights. Mm-hmm. And I also, you know, I take care of the yard. And, you know, shovel the snow, plow, all, all that stuff. So um, they're eighty-three and seventy-eight, uh, not in the best of health. Mm-hmm. But they want to stay there, and they just can't afford it. Got it. So, you know, that's, that's No, you're doing a great here. thing, and, and it's great for them. It's great for you. You're, you're, you're going to be uh, acquiring a property that's going to protect your property as well. No, this uh, right. just work with a trusted attorney. If you need one, let us know. We can get you in, in touch with a, uh, a very good attorney as well. I appreciate your we'll call do. very much. God bless you, Jay. Thank you, take care. Yep, you God take bless care. you. Thank you. Uh, Dale, you're on hold. We're going to keep you on hold through our first break. 610-720-7900 lets you get on hold so that we can take your call after Dale's. Alyssa at AskMTM.com. Gene at AskMTM.com. Works very, very well. Oh, he's got skills. This might give you a hint of where Diane and I were last night. (laughs) We'll give you a little more of this after the break. We're back after this song, More Than Money. show is to talk over a piece of music like that <laughs> it's fabulous oh my gosh uh yeah if if you haven't guessed it by now diane and i were at the ppl center last night um we were very graciously treated we had okay seats and then we had second row center seats oh you got to move uh we got to move sweet it was sweet indeed <laughs> gentleman that was uh, behind the counter kind of went we can take care of you and i went thank you so much 
Not really sure. I'm fairly certain he thought I was someone else. <laughs> no way. He was like, are you Gene Dickinson? He didn't. Uh, Can I get your autograph? He didn't. No, there was no. Uh, well, maybe on a credit card. But anyway, uh, unbelievable. Uh, Pat Simmons, uh, Tom Johnston, Michael McDonald, unbelievable. So, John, thank you so much. Gene's um, been dancing. To, to these songs that John has played so far. So you're lucky you're all spared. No, I'm only kidding. <laughs> I'm only kidding. John has successfully woken Gene up, and he's dancing. Wow, that was really hurtful. I, I was a... That was really hurtful. <laughs> I was, was deeply hurt by that. Just a joke. I'm glad you're dancing. Deeply hurt. I I wasn't pogoing. <laughs> no, <laughs> thankfully. Thankfully? Yeah, because with the headphones and the cord, oh, yeah, that would be there's, dangerous. There's a lot of stuff going on mm-hmm. there. Uh, now, Alyssa's right. Uh, one of the world's worst dancers and doesn't care. No, that's great. Uh, yeah, at this stage of, uh, of my life, if uh, you're offended by my dancing, you can roll that up really tight. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, what do I care? Please. Um, oh, just incredible. Tom Johnston and Pat Simmons are both 73 years old. They ripped that place apart for two and a half hours. No opening Impressive. band. They took one break. They they did the obligatory. They walk off stage and then you clap and then they come back mm-hmm. on. They came back on in thirty five seconds. Because <laughs> I'm I'm thinking, hey, at their ages, like it's getting late. Bedtime. It's past bedtime. our bedtime. Right we got to get this over with. By the time we, <laughs> yeah, I didn't make my bedtime. I'll tell you right now. Six one. Yeah, yeah, he's right there. Okay, he's right there. I can't see from here. Uh, six one zero seven two zero seventy nine hundred. We go back to the phones. We talk to Dale. Dale, good morning. Good morning, Gene. I've got a few questions here. Um, one in the last week or two, I've been on radio and TV hearing about this hyperinflation, and I'd like to know exactly what is it and, and so forth. Um, how to counter it. And two, I was looking to retire in a year or two, but my understanding, if this comes through the way they're discussing, retirement may be out of the picture. Um, So if I, you know, you could go into some detail on that. I mean, if you discussed it earlier, I'm sorry, I just picked up the uh, radio recently here. So maybe you discussed it earlier, but uh, um, if you don't mind, I'm going to hang up and listen to you on the radio. Thank you so much, sir. God bless you. Okay, thank you. Hyperinflation. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) there there are so many topics that Alyssa is uh, so very knowledgeable about so very facile so very informed and then the word hyperinflation came across and she went oh my we talked about inflation a little bit last week yeah but the hyper word yeah it's a very different world it's a very different (laughs) world so um inflation um, as contrast to the hyperinflation. So normal inflation, depending on the time frame and the country, because the fiscal policy has a tremendous impact on what is or isn't happening with inflation. During the uh, Obama years, inflation was 3% or so. During the uh, Trump administration, it was just over 1% or so. If you are looking to... Um, pick a reasonable uh, projection. Let's say you're doing journey guide and you're doing a retirement um, uh, plan, which um, Alyssa will explain here in a few moments what journey guide is and what the retirement plan is. Often uh, you're looking to 
project what inflation will be so that if currently your expenses are $5,000 a month uh, and you're 65 years old, what will they be at 75 or 85 or 95? And hopefully you've got 30 or 40 years to go. 30 or 40 years of 2 or 3% inflation, it's going to have a huge impact. Mm-hmm. So we'll talk about that more in a moment. Um, for the term hyperinflation, uh, it is generally discussed um, by fear mongers, by people who are just desperate for somebody to pay attention to them, whether they have any value added to the conversation or not. And in general, it's or not. Um, 780 years of experience. I've been um, listening to the fear mongers uh, warn of hyperinflation. Um, hmm. Oh, yeah. 780 years. And we've never in the United States had hyperinflation. So predicting hyperinflation puts you on thin ice to begin with. Because in general, our fiscal policies are uh, designed to, uh, as, as much as any human policy can be, uh, to prevent hyperinflation. Now, if we had high inflation, yeah, the words Jimmy Carter should come to mind. Uh, one of the least effective presidents of all time, one of the least knowledgeable uh, uh, presidents of all time, surrounded by some of the most ineffective people of all time, which is why we ended up with inflation in double digits. We ended up with mortgages. Um, what what would be a good mortgage rate right now? Right now? Yeah. I think like 3%. Yeah, let's say 3%. Yeah. In the Jimmy Carter years, if uh, you applied for a mortgage on Friday your mortgage rate would likely be around 19%. Oh. And you would wake up Monday morning and the bank would call you back and go, uh, over the weekend it went to 21%. Yuck. And uh, that lasted for the Jimmy Carter years. Fortunately, Ronald Reagan came on the scene. But it took a decade for that to get back down to 10%. Wow. So it was insane. Nasty. That's not hyperinflation. Hyperinflation is typically measured in 10 or 15% per month. So at the start of a year, you're, the car you're interested in, well, not you, but an average person, the car they would be interested in, oh, the black rose, come on, uh, please, nothing average about that. <laughs> so they're buying a car <clears throat> that's worth um, uh, sticker price 40 grand. At the end of January, it's 44. At the end of February, it's 50. At the end of March, it's 55. That's hyperinflation. Wow. Very different. uh, It's insane. And uh, there's the prototypical references to the Wehrmark Republic, and and you needed a wheelbarrow to go buy a loaf of bread because dollars were, you needed $2 million to buy a loaf of bread. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Now, are there lots of things going on in Washington that cause us all to go, what a bunch of boneheads? Every, yeah, absolutely. Uh, if you're not shaking your head yes now, it's because I'm guessing I caught you in the middle of taking a sip of coffee and you, that would be dangerous. <laughs> but beyond that, you're going, of course. There's, there, there's more than enough boneheads to go around. Well, how about my boneheads are better than your bo- Oh, please. Just talk about if, if, you're, going to pre- if you're, you're going to claim some allegiance to anybody in D.C. right now, uh, they may be the fastest of a very slow group 
or the least corrupt of a very corrupt group. No matter how you look at it, it's dreadful. Bottom line uh, is, is there a real concern that they're taking us in a higher inflationary environment? Yes. Is there a real concern that they're taking us into a, a government spending frenzy that will drive prices dramatically higher? Yes. Um, the folks that we trust are saying dramatically higher in the 3 to 4% range. Not per month, per year. 3 to 4 is really nasty compared to 1. Some have suggested it might be 5. Some reasonable people have suggested. The folks who are suggesting that it might be 30 or 40 or 50 are fear-mongering, and they're trying to stir up your emotions uh, for some purpose, Some whether it's to sell you something or force you to not buy something. Um, bottom line for us is that are we concerned about inflation? We are. Some people are saying it's transitory. I think that's a big steaming pile of hoo-ha. Uh, The reasons that inflation have popped up this year are different than the ones that are going to cause it to be higher in years to come. Um, We had four years of near-perfect fiscal policy that allowed tremendous growth between 3 and 4% with very low inflation. I think we're going to have the opposite in the next couple of years, relatively slow growth with significant inflation. We mentioned Journey Guide. Could you share with our audience, kind of what it is and and where these kind of projections might fit into their thinking? Sure. Journey Guide is a very helpful tool that we use when we sit down with people like you to forecast what your cash flow will be like in retirement and help us weigh the pros and cons of different options you have and different situations you could be in. So we plug in lots of information about you, your age, your income, your social security benefits at, you know, full retirement age at 62, at 70, um, your assets, how they're invested, um, whether you have an IRA or a 401k or a taxable brokerage account, for example, um, if you expect to have a part-time job, if you expect to buy a new house, etc. All these different things we plug in um, and there are formulas in the background that help us to determine your probability of success uh, at your goal of reaching a spending, um, being able to spend what you want to spend in retirement. And it factors in things like inflation. Um, And we can actually customize those forecast, you know, the numbers it uses to forecast and calculate those things, we can change it, but it has built-in algorithms too that are based on lots of data. I think they're constantly tweaking and customizing the software so it's as accurate as it can be without having an actual crystal ball. Mm. Um, It does a pretty nice job of showing us what your future would look like as far as, you know, cash flow growth of your assets, whether or not you would be out, you know, outliving your money. (laughs) Mm. So it's a great way to either get peace of mind to know that you're, you know, doing okay and your plan's going to work. Or to help you say, well, what would would like would make us more likely to succeed if we waited to take our social security till we're seventy, or if we you know maybe invested this account more aggressively? There's all these different things we can tweak. If if I replaced this uh, pile of assets with an annuity and had a fixed monthly income, will that you know increase the likelihood that we're going to be able to do what we want for the rest of our life? 
And um, it, it allows us to compare those scenarios and um, help you make decisions. Help you make decisions more confidently. That's right. Because yeah. you're not basing them on, I'm not really sure, and I guess uh, my friend once did, and Jimmy said, and my brother-in-law, who's a moron, said, and yeah, that's uh, being able to compare side by side in minutes is pretty impressive. So let's go back to Dale. Because Dale actually had a second question. He's thinking about retiring in the next year or two. His concern is if there's hyperinflation, we already, in my opinion, have settled that. There's not going to be. But there's going to be higher inflation. Sounds similar. It isn't. So how would Journey Guide help someone like Dale decide if he can retire in the next year or two based on his concern about is inflation going to be this or that? Uh, well, it'll allow us to see whether or not he can live on what he has and how his spending needs will match up to his, you know, cash inflows. Um, and if the spending needs will outpace the ability for his investments to pay him, right? And, and you know, and we can say, well, let's assume inflation is this rate instead of that rate. How does it look now? Nice. Yeah. Nice. So um, if I'm projecting inflation for a typical, um, particularly, I don't know, if, did Dale tell us how old he was? If he's thinking about retiring in a year or two, let's guess that he's 65. Okay. I'm guessing. Okay. Um, he's going to be retired 30 or 40 years. Right. I would pick a number between two and a half and three as a good average number. If Dale is exceptionally concerned about inflation, we could then rerun at, say, 5%. Right. And it will tell him whether his current investments will support him. Right. And if they don't, then... then. Yeah, then we look at some options. Ah, options. I love options. I really hate being told this is what you must do with no flexibility. Hmm, yeah, now you and I are going to be at odds. But given options, let's use Dale as an example. There are certain investments that respond, historically respond, really pretty darn well in inflationary times. There are other investments that respond pretty darn stinkily in, is that a word? Stinkily in, in, Mm -hmm. uh, in inflationary times. So if his concern about inflation is demonstrated by the forecast of journey guide to show if your inflation at 5% over 40 years is right, you're going to run out of money. Mm -hmm. If we adjust, create the options, the choices, the possibilities of using investments that are more appropriate during high inflationary rates, it may end up with those adjustments that he gets to retire no matter what. Yeah. And then he would be happy. I would think, I would think. I love the word forecast. There are um, lots of folks who will say, well, we're project- We're telling you that in the future, no, we're not. No, we're not. Come on, forecast. Forecast has, um, now I'm a big fan of AccuWeather and, and get it every, every morning with Bobby Gunter Walsh. And it used to be Dr. Joe and then it was Dean and, oh gosh, it's right out of my head. The guy that he, Gunter talks to in the morning. Joe. Joe. Yes. What's his last name? Lundberg. Lundberg. Uh, good guy. <laughs> Sounds like, by the way, triathlete. 
you would really like him. He's mm-hmm. in, I think he's 60, and he runs, like, I think this year he's, like, over 2,000 miles. I mean, some crazy number. Bikes and swims. So, very cool guy. Cool. Uh, but bottom line is that they forecast the weather. And what's really nice is that they're always precisely correct. No, they're oh, not. Please, come on. <laughs> so, if you're thinking... Um, AccuWeather, and you're thinking journey guy, and you're thinking forecast, those are really good analogies. Sure. Because we're, we're giving you the best guidance based on everything we know, and then we tweak it along the way. Yes. Pretty good stuff. Yes. 610-720-7900. I want to get this one geared up. Do you have one here that you want to do? Do you have one on your phone you want to I do? have, yep, I have an email question. Knock yourself out. Okay. Um, this is from our friend Steve. Steve says, when God calls us home, any investments, such as an IRA, and annuity, will be left to our nieces and nephew. We don't have any children of our own except for one fur kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At this time, are there any tax situations we need to be aware of that would be a concern for them Versus had they been our own children. In other words, because they're not our own kids, but my sister's kids, could there be a bias against them for taxes? Um, we all we have them designated with um, – inco- I'm trying to see how to reword this. Um, they are designated beneficiaries yeah. of retirement investment accounts, and yeah. they also have wills. And one caveat to this is um, Steve is in Alabama – not in Pennsylvania. Mm. And as we know, there are different tax laws from state to state, especially when it comes to inheritance tax. There's lots of differences. So that's Steve's question. Um, wants to know if he should be concerned about what would the impact be on his um, nieces and nephew. No. He should not be concerned. Okay. Did you hear that, Steve? It's that simple. Do you know why I say it so directly, even though I have no idea what the Alabama laws are? Because even if there are taxes, they'll be better off for having inherited these assets. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> I think it's as clear as it can possibly be. And he wants those assets to go to his nieces and nephews no matter what. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like he's going to find out, oh, they're going to pay 5%. I think I'll give them to somebody else. <laughs> or no. let's have some kids real quick. <laughs> yeah, that's not likely. So. Um, no, I, I in the state of Pennsylvania, the difference is pretty dramatic. It goes from 4.5% to 12%. But, again, should he change his plan because of that? Even if Alabama is exactly the same way? No, of I course wouldn't. not. Yeah. No, he's remembering uh, kids. Hopefully, uh, not kids. Hopefully, by the time uh, Steve and his wife pass, these kids are 80 years old. And <laughs> Steve and his wife were 110. That'd be, that'd, be <laughs> that'd be cool. Awesome, yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah, I hope in, so. In which case, so what? Because he please. can keep emailing me questions during the video. <laughs> ah, fantastic. <laughs> 610-720-7900. Gene at askmtm.com, morethanmoneyonline.com. Uh, one gentleman said, do more doobies. <laughs> now, I'm not exactly sure how to interpret that. <laughs> Does he want more Doobie Brothers music, or are we uh, supposed to? Yeah, for those of you that did not grow up in the 60s, that's completely lost on you. Okay, Greg writes, I have been a buy and hold investor for the past 25 years and have accumulated some wealth. I have a friend who shared with me that he sells covered calls on the stocks that he owns. This is part of his investing plan. It appears he has done very well with this. What are your thoughts on this? I have no experience with options, but I'm willing to learn, and my interest is peaked. 
peaked? Um, interesting question. Uh, covered calls are um, a way for someone who owns stock to um, earn some additional income. They, they, when you sell a covered call, you get paid for that. And a covered call allows you to say that if at some point in the future the stock goes up or down, uh, it, it depends on the, the option that you're selling, um, that stock could be either sold or the option could expire and you've simply made some additional money. Um, starting with Greg's buy and hold strategy for many years, that worked very, very well. I think it still works very well if you're using either mutual funds or exchange traded funds. I think if you're using stocks that has a slightly less um, stable projection in my mind, um, companies that would have been buy and hold for our parents' lifetimes like Bethlehem Steel, uh, uh, et cetera, are long gone. So buy and hold is a, uh, for an individual stock, is a very um, disconcerting approach. But for mutual funds or exchange-traded funds where you have good professional management in place, excellent diversification, I think it's still a wonderful way to go. The reality is, and I think Greg might be pleasantly surprised to find, you can have your cake and eat it too, because in recent years, a number of exchange-traded funds, ETFs, have come out with their own covered call option strategies that provide not just a little extra income, but a tremendous amount of downside protection. So if he's interested in, hey, he's accumulated some wealth and I don't want it to disappear, he can employ a professional management company at a very, very appropriate uh, cost structure. The expense ratios are very modest um, to do the options for him. And as a result, he can choose. I want to take a certain level of risk or I want to have a tremendous level of protection or anywhere in the middle and uh, still benefit from being in the stock market. So, Greg, if you're interested in exploring this, uh, I would suggest one of two approaches. If you're a do-it-yourselfer, if, if, if this is what you like spending your days doing, then get online, Google covered call options, figure out how to do those, and um, you're off to the races. If you are more of a, hey, I have a financial advisor, or I don't want to be tracking this on a day-by-day -day basis, then you should explore what are called buffered ETFs, buffered exchange-traded funds. I think you'll end up doing very, very well. Two? Less. Excellent. Um, and, and we have a good bumper, I'm sure. Excellent. Um, we have Michelle on hold. We're going to ask her to stay on hold through the top of the hour as we have Fox Network News at the top. Are you going to stick with us? I'm here. I know you got a commitment later. I'm good. Okay, mm -hmm. excellent. Uh, so 610-720-7900, 610-720-7900, Gene at AskMTM.com, Alyssa at AskMTM.com, more than money on line.com lots of ways to join us choose one choose several but connect with us and we'll take your questions after this on more than money she musters a smile for his nostalgic
that hurts. That literally hurts to have John turn that off. It's, oh, <laughs> it's yeah, painful. we're like, keep it on. Um, if you can find taking it to the streets. Oh. Bummer. Well, that's a good piece of music we could we could put on <laughs> uh we could uh we could go out with that at the top of this hour 6107207 they're all great piece of music oh my gosh 6107207900 Doobie Brothers with Michael McDonald which was fantastic that was last night Easton Beats uh our Nazareth Beats Easton last night even though Easton's uh band was fantastic yes and um and you stayed warm and relatively dry Yes, poncho, blankets, umbrella, boots. I was well covered. Uh, Zach too. Yeah, he he didn't wear the poncho. I suggested it, um, but he was comfortable. We were um, pleasantly surprised. I thought it would be worse. He was uh, being a manly man. He's. I didn't need no poncho. <laughs> <laughs> Please, that was easy. Six one zero seven two zero seventy nine hundred Gene at askmtm.com more than money online.com. I have that one that's right there, but we're gonna go to yours first. A young lady called on the break. Yes, um Michelle was on hold and I spoke to her about um to get her question and so she's just gonna listen to our answer. Um Michelle wanted to know if we're doing well financially, why must we take an RMD? Why does the government make us take that money out? Why can't we just keep investing it and let it grow? That's Michelle's question. That is the question being asked by millions of people across the world right now. Yes. So what's your answer? The government wants your tax dollars. It's pretty simple. That's it. Yeah. And Michelle, uh, bless you. Uh, So many of us, uh, we're with you. You're absolutely right. Um, your mistake, and this is your mistake, Michelle, and it's a mistake of many, is to try to understand the the government logically, (laughs) to try to understand um, how does that benefit the American people? Because they're not interested in how it benefits the American people. They're just interested in as much power as they can possibly grab with your money. Which would explain two things um, unrelated to the RMD. First, Nancy Pelosi. She wants to go out with a bang with this infrastructure bill. And so she builds $200 million, $200 million into the bill for a park in San Francisco. That my guess is once she announces her retirement, she's going to expect that it'll be renamed Pelosi Park. That's my guess. Just a guess. Now, you're angry because, and I'm with you, you got to take money out. Let's say you take out $10,000 and you got to pay tax on it. So the government's going to take 10, 15, 20, 25% of your money. How angry would you be if you were Elon Musk or Bill Gates, who is sitting on, I'm using a round number, it's way low, $100 billion of assets. And the most recent proposal would say they got to give 10% of their assets, not their income, to the federal government to fund Nancy Pelosi's Pelosi Park. So if you're Elon Musk, $10 billion 
that in his hands would create 100,000 jobs, 200,000 jobs, um, technology advances, uh, breakthroughs in, uh, in SpaceX, in electric cars, everything that people value, the government wants it. Because mm-hmm. Nancy Pelosi need, needs $200 million for a park that she wants to name after herself. <laughs> yeah. So... Um, That's really the only reason, Michelle. Yeah, God bless. (laughs) Unfortunately. 610-720-7900. We go to the phones. We talk to Bob. Bob, good morning. Good morning, Gene. How are you? Very well, sir. How about you? I am doing well. Um, My question today is that uh, the Federal Reserve is threatening to do tapering. So I would like to find out what that is, if you could explain it, and then also what should we as individual investors, especially those who are invested in bonds, which I guess are going to be affected by this, um, I would appreciate your help. Thank you very much. This is an interesting topic that very few people are uh, connected to or informed about or uh in many cases, have even heard about uh, the Federal Reserve Bank has been very active, measured in billions of dollars a month of buying U.S. issued um, securities, treasuries, T-bills. Um, uh, most folks would call them uh, uh, treasury bonds or uh, or government bonds. Uh, and as a result, uh, the demand, so to speak, has been reasonably high and the liquidity that the federal government needs, um, they need cash uh, to be able to fund the deficits, the, hey, we're spending way more than we're bringing through the door, uh, is uh, provided. Not unlike, Federal Reserve's acting not unlike a credit card company. If you and I were spending way more than we're earning, got to come from somewhere. So what would we do? We would likely go to a credit card uh, company, put it on the credit card, and then hopefully figure out how to pay the interest along the way. Well, interest along the way for the federal government debt now is well over $20 trillion, approaching $30 trillion. So even at 1%, it's a lot of money. Interest rates are going up, and they're going up for a couple different reasons, but one of which is that the Fed has announced We're going to start buying less. We're going to put more pressure on the American public or foreign uh, entities, foreign governments who want to buy uh, dollar-denominated debt uh, to buy treasuries that are issued. It's going to be interesting to see if this has the effect that the Fed has announced that they wish, uh, which is to actually lower interest rates. There will be less demand for these government-issued bonds. Um, Bob, when you and I were young, um, the best quality investment anybody could think of was a government bond. Full faith and credit of the American uh, government was as good as it could possibly get. Today, there's a lot of people that would go, are you kidding me? Uh, I, I can lend money to the federal government or I could lend it to Microsoft or I could lend it to jo- Johnson & Johnson or I could lend it to... Uh, Tesla, Elon Musk. And uh, I think I'm feeling more confident in those guys than I am the folks down in D.C. 
So the opportunity for two things to happen is fairly real. Uh, number one, for interest rates to soften a bit. And number two, for there to be um, Treasury issues, Treasury bills and, uh, and T bills and uh, T notes and bonds that go unfilled, that no one buys. That was one of the reasons why the Fed started buying bonds in the first place years and years ago. And it could very well happen again, which would leave the federal government without ready cash. Translation, you want to put more money on your credit card, and the credit card company says, you have reached your limit, and we're not going to give you any more credit. You got two choices. Uh, You either spend way less, uh, or you go into bankruptcy. And is it possible for the government to go into bankruptcy? The answer is technically no. But is it possible for them to be insolvent? The answer is, oh, hell yes. So uh, the concern is real. Uh, They're not shutting off the pipeline. Indeed, the word they're using is tapering. We're going to reduce the amount of uh, treasuries we're buying, but they're not shutting off the pipeline, which always leaves the what the door open for them to reevaluate and go back to a purchasing program. But for the American public, what should likely happen is, again, one of two things, either slightly lower interest rates uh, or a federal government that can't pay its bills. Did that help a little? That helps a little. Uh, what should we as investors do to protect our investments? Yeah, you know, I would lean a stock. Or yeah, no, yeah, I would. Or? I would do two things. I would lean away from government issued bonds. I would lean into corporate issued bonds. The second thing I would do is I would look at maybe substituting. We talked earlier in the show about buffered ETFs maybe substituting an options-based ETF for some of your bonds. Uh, Those kind of protections that will, uh, even though your interest is based on the the S&P 500 or some other stock index, um, your protection on the downside, um, if if your investments lose 10%, you lose nothing. If your investments lose 14%, you lose nothing. Uh, if if you go down, if the investments go down 16, you go down one. That's the kind of protection that bonds typically provide for an investor. In this case, they they could be a bond substitute. So uh, government bonds, uh, in my world, I'm I'm not recommending them to anybody. Okay. So lots to think about. Yes. Bob, thank you so much uh, for the call. Please. Okay, thank you. Yeah, God bless. <sighs> That's part of what we did in Atlanta. Yes, we talked about inflation. We talked about what the government's doing and how it's affecting bond markets. And Diane said her eyes were glazing over during that part. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's extremely technical. Yes. And Lots it, of charts and graphs. Oh, my goodness. Um The deep dive, yeah, you can get, it's the rabbit hole. It's Alice in Wonderland. And uh, unless you've been doing it for 780 years, yeah, you go, uh, is there coffee in the back of the room? (laughs) I'm going to need some coffee and some cheese Danish. Uh, 610-720-7900, gene at askmtm.com, morethanmoneyonline.com. What do you have for me there? Um, I have a question we received via email during the week. I will read it to you. 
It says, I am a relatively new fan of your show, <laughs> and I love both the advice and the positive attitude. I have some IRA CDs coming due, and I was considering rolling them over into I-bonds. No one seems to know how or if I can do this without first cashing them in, which I obviously do not want to do. CDs are worth about $75,000, and the current rates are so low, I want to change them. I'm retired and do not need the income. I just want to protect the investments. Thanks. Hmm. Have you bumped into the uh, the I-bonds at this point? Um, only a question someone asked about how to buy them, and that's the, the extent of my um, dealings with them. IRA CDs, yes, I've had a couple of clients who had the, them, but um, no, I haven't really been working with I-bonds. I-bonds are not a terribly um, popular choice, and they haven't been for a very long time. For a pretty simple reason, they are inflation responsive. Inflation has been, let me think, very low. So the interest rates on an I-bond have been, hmm, very low. Folks who are considering I-bonds now are doing it for two reasons. Number one, yeah, bank CDs are paying nothing. Nothing. <laughs> when, when you get that many zeros in a percentage rate, yeah. You just round it to nothing. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, let's round it up. Oh, it is rounded up to nothing. Um, <clears throat> so you're going to get a slightly higher initial rate with I-bonds. What I would suggest uh, for this person in, in the most, in the simplest way to address, it's a her, her, him? Don't know. Uh, to address their concerns, uh, establish an IRA, not at a bank, but at a brokerage. Uh, we traditionally at MTM use uh, Schwab. Um, you could use TD Ameritrade. Okay, that is Schwab. Uh, they just merged. They're, right. they're still going through all that stuff. You can do something online. You can go to a Morgan Stanley and go to a Goldman Sachs. And you can use uh, what are called TIPS, Treasury Indexed. Uh, are in inflation-protected securities. They are issued by the government just as I-bonds are. They are inflation-adjusted just as I-bonds are. I-bonds are, are kind of the poor man's tip. Um, they, they're kind of similar to EE bonds that we used to get, savings bonds that we, we used to buy for kids' birthdays and, 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 uh, and uh, the birth of children, that kind of thing. Um, I-bonds are in that kind of form, relatively limited um, uh, dollar denominations. Tips are the exact opposite. Um, they're very liquid, very tradable. And if you have a uh, investment account, you can actually invest in tips through an ETF. So you can have a tremendous number of tips under an exchange traded fund. The fee structure is measured in literally hundreds of a percent, not a hundred percent, not 1%, but in many cases, uh, you can look at, uh, I've, I've reviewed uh, a couple different Vanguard, a couple different dimensional funds recently. They were, their fee structure was four one hundredths of a percent. Mm -hmm. So uh, translation, if the in underlying investments make 1.5% gross, you would get 1.46 because the investment structure is so very low. So I absolutely understand Interest rates, CDs, eh, really stinky. Um, 
Some folks are saying, remember, CDs are guaranteed. FDIC, that kind of stuff. Um, whereas uh, tips, I-bonds are not. They're very protected, but they're not guaranteed. Mm. Hopefully that helps. That's cool. I didn't know about the tips ETF, so. Stick with me. Yeah. Stick with me. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, 610-720-7900. Gene at askmtm.com. Alyssa at askmtm.com. More than money online. Uh, dot com. Uh, we had a small handful of folks who, um, current clients of, of more than monies, who um, in their reviews during this particular month, October, um, the, the comment, again, small handful was, hmm, September really sucked. Yes. Uh, we got our statements. Uh, we had 100. Now we have 95. That really sucked. Uh, we had 500. Now we have 475. That really sucked. Um, for the year through the end of September, still very, very good numbers. But uh, for all of those of you who got your September statements and went, well, that really sucked. Um, apparently that's my key phrase because whenever you see your money go negative, that really sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think you're going to be much happier because we have wrapped up October and October was ahead beautifully. Uh, for most of you, you will see not only um, your account balances above what you had at the end of September, but in most cases, again, properly invested, uh, you will see your account balances above uh, what they were at the beginning of September. So I think you're going to be very, very pleased as you go, uh, as you go forward. What do you have over there? Um, how about a Social Security question? Hey, okie doke. Where's Mark when I need Mark him? Mark will be in our office on Monday, but he's got a full schedule. <laughs> <laughs> Mark is booked solid. Um, Mark is our Mark Basak is our Social Security specialist who does a wonderful service to our clients and um, prospects when he comes in and sits with you for an hour and allows you to pick his brain about your social security options and um, questions and application recommendations and all kinds of good stuff. Um, we will be putting new dates on the calendar to meet with Mark for January, February, and March, probably within the next week or so. So if you're looking to um, get his expert advice, um, you can call and um, make that appointment. So this is a, a question we got um, via email, and we'll see you know if Gene can cover for Mark. Um, it says, since the 2022 Social Security increase is 5.9%, that's the cost of living adjustment we talked about, I think, two weeks ago. Should my wife's claim, oh, should my wife claim spousal benefits in December of 2021 at $13.94 per month, then receive the 5.9% cost of living increase in January of 2022 for a benefit of 1476 This will be a monthly increase of $23 per month and an additional amount of $7,380 more since claiming five months earlier. Too good to be true? What am I missing? Thanks for all you do. Well, we appreciate that he did all the math. 
Yes. Now, I, likely, or at least there's a chance I won't get a headache <laughs> going through all that. Um, <clears throat> interestingly enough, it doesn't matter. In this particular case, it's incredibly rare that this set of circumstances occurs. But he's absolutely correct. Uh, the uh, the cola, 5.9%. But it is slightly less than the automatic increase that his wife would get if she waited. Mm. Because the annual increase waiting is 6%. So she can get a higher uh, monthly benefit, having claimed her um, benefit and then having it adjusted. Or she can get a higher monthly benefit by not claiming her investment and it will grow automatically at, a f- at one half of 1% per month. So it's Mox Nix. Okay. Mox Nix. Mox Flip a coin. Uh, absolutely, whatever fits. And as uh, you're absolutely right, Mark is a remarkable, remarkable uh, partner with us in terms of giving folks really, really good information. Um, his guideline is pure. Do you need the money? Take it. You don't need the money? Wait. Uh, the longer you wait, the higher your benefit, right up to the max when you're age 70. Um, there's always wrinkles, there's always questions, but if you need it, uh, gosh, maybe your health isn't good. Maybe you have to retire and you need that to pay bills. You take it 62, crank it out and, and chips fall where they may. Yep. No harm, no foul. 610-720-7900. We go to the phones. We talk to Richard. Richard, good morning. Hey, good morning. Uh, question for you. With the current uh, financial uh, climate change in the White House and the issues with, um, you know, supply lines and all that stuff and people worried about inflation, would it be a good time to have some gold, some maybe some physical gold or silver in the portfolio? And, and what kind of percentage would, if so, what kind of percentage would that be? Uh, Richard, it's a very fair question. And for folks who are concerned about inflation over the next year, two, three, or further out, uh, physical um, gold, physical silver, uh, other commodities, hard assets, have traditionally done pretty darn well in higher inflationary times. So having a bit of physical gold, and when I keep saying physical gold, that's as opposed to investing in uh, lots of people recommend gold mining stocks, silver mining stocks, uh, companies or or stocks of companies that uh, are uh, commodities brokers, that type of thing. Uh, Going direct to the metal itself, I think, is a better way to go. And for lots of folks, for years, that was really cumbersome and really difficult to achieve, um, going down to their coin dealer or buying bullion bars that they hoped were gold and weren't just painted. Uh, now, yeah, it's, right. yeah, it's, it's remarkably simple. Now, any investor that has an active account can buy gold or silver through an exchange-traded fund. Uh, there are several uh, where you buy the shares are based on the exact uh, spot price of gold and the exact spot price of silver. So 
in many cases, yes, I think that's a wise choice. I think if you're looking at a percentage, uh, if if I were to look collectively at my commitment to commodities, I would look at about a five percent of my portfolio. Um, So that would you would recommend any uh, ETF that you would recommend that would. Yeah. That won't be in your hands, then. It would be in, in your portfolio. Portfolio. And and the other advantage of the ETF is that it can be bought and sold in a blink. You don't have to take possession. Yeah. It's easy. Uh, if you Google uh, ETF, gold ETFs, you're going to get five or six, any one of which is, 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 is fine. Silver, the same thing, any one of which is fine. Um, they're all well-regulated. They're all well-supervised. Uh, you'll, you'll have no trouble there. I would suggest that if you're going that direction, that you would add another 5% in real estate. Uh, okay. Uh, real estate also tends to be very uh, positively affected by inflation. And if you're interested in or concerned about inflation and you're interested in that combat- combating that Five uh, percent in commodities—that would include the silver and gold—and another five percent in in real estate would be a, a good. And again, done through an ETF. Vanguard has a, a really good one. Uh, there are a number of really good ones. Again, you can Google Van or uh, ETF real estate uh, and and get a couple good ones. Uh, if you're if you struggle with that, just give us a call on Monday. We'll. We'll get you in. We'll sit you down and go go through all the numbers and, and, and all the options. But that that piece, that 10% piece in total, I think would be useful. Be more um, than enough. I hear some people say, uh, you know, like Bitcoin's going to be the uh, gold nah, and nah, all nah. that. I don't know about that. You Thank know? you so much. That that gives me the, uh, the segue to say we're going to a hard break. <laughs> Richard, thank you so much for the call. Thank God, you. God bless you. Ah, 610-720-7900, Alyssa and AskMTM.com. We're going to take your calls, your emails after this on More Than Money. Reliving the concert. Oh, it, not even close. <laughs> Seeing those guys in person uh, and and the energy they put out, uh, just incredible. They had a bass player play with the uh, Almond Brothers. Um, uh, Little Feet, uh, the uh, keyboardist from Little Feet was there. Um, the the saxophone player was insane, and and as far as I know, he hadn't wasn't famous with another group, but he was just crazy good. Fantastic. Um, um, who, who, whomever was responsible for us being second row center, thank you very much. That was pretty fantastic. Hmm. Um, are you? Are we planning on uh, going out at the top of the hour with uh, a full song, or are we just doing a bumper? Uh, if we'll do a bumper, we'll we'll do our we'll do it normal. We'll do our. Not, not Natalie. We'll do a whatever you whatever you got. I'll do the one we talked about before for the weekend. I don't like that song. <laughs> Just.
the one that you just used. Let's let's use that one. Six one zero seven two zero seventy nine. The really important stuff. It's this the is music the, selection. This is how the sausage is made. You're, you're, <laughs> you're learning a lot about how the TV show is made. Okay. Six one zero seven two zero seventy nine hundred. Gene at askmtm.com. More than money. Online.com. Uh, this comes from our PBS show. Okay. Uh, I was visiting in the valley. Saw your show. Nice. Uh, my husband's <laughs> my husband's elderly mother, now a widow, has invested all her life. She is leaving us quite a lot of varied investments. We never made a lot of money, and we don't know much about investing, but understand there is risk with almost all investments. That's a powerfully important statement right there. So that shows me that this, this young lady is, uh, is on to something. What is your advice about hiring a broker? I recommend that you find someone you can trust. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Um, you don't want to do this on your own if you don't know much about investing and you want to protect what you have and do what's most appropriate for you. Mm. Then you find someone you can trust to help you handle it. How might she find they find someone to trust? Well, there's, I guess, a couple of things you need to think about. Um, One would be if you want to find someone you can meet with face to face. Mm. Um, Keep that in mind. So if when you do your if you search online or ask people for recommendations, if it's important for you to be able to meet in person, which we prefer, but it's not absolutely required, especially now with Zoom and, you know, we can have like video conferences so you can still see each other when you talk. But if it's important to you to be in the same room as your advisor. What's more important in your mind, the the advisor you can trust or the advisor you can be in the same room? In my mind, it's the advisor you can trust. I agree. Yeah. So, I, agree. Uh, I mean, I had an advisor of my own for a long time. We talked about when I started as a teenager and I didn't meet him in person until about two years ago. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, so it was always on the phone and that worked out just fine because he still knew me well because we talked and I trusted him. So um, the, the trust factor is the biggest one. And how do you figure that out? Well, you can do some vetting, you know, online is a great way to read, read profiles, um, there's lots of information that you, depending on who who the advisor is, you can find a lot of information about how they do things or what they're like or what their background is. But the best way to find out if you can trust them is really to talk to them. Do you mm. feel comfortable? Um, you know, do you have like a um, connection, if you will? Um, and chemistry. Chemistry, yeah. yes. And if it's if you sit down on the phone or in face-to-face or on Zoom with an advisor that you just don't feel like you would enjoy spending time talking with, then that's not the right one for you. Or if they do most of the talking. That's, in my experience, a really big red flag. If you meet with an advisor for the first meeting mm-hmm. and instead of asking you a lot of questions, instead of getting you to talk a lot, if they're doing all the talking... That's probably not the right one for you. Right. Yeah, you don't want somebody who's going to make you feel like, you know, they're selling something. Or talk to you in a way that even after they're done, you still don't understand what the hell they were talking That's about. That's right. Yeah. That's another really big red flag. I'm going to give, uh, I'm going to suggest two things, one positive, one not so positive. Okay. Which one do you want first? 
The not positive one. Okay. Uh, <laughs> one of the ways you don't find an advisor that you trust is by looking either at their websites or by Googling and, and finding out which ones have won awards. And the reason uh, I find that so um, sad uh, uh, and, and, and sadly indicative is Barron's, for example, publishes on an annual basis the 500 most successful, most accomplished, whatever, financial advisors in the country. I've lost track of how many of those people have been arrested. Uh, the reason is to qualify. They, they just measure it by the number either of, of clients or how, how many dollars these, these people have attracted. So mm. if you have a billion dollars, you must be much better than an advisor has a hundred million. And the answer is it's a bunch of poo poo caca. <laughs> and so many of the awards are, um, the only word that I can come up with is fake. Mm. it's a bunch of people get together and give each other awards. Yeah. Hey, you vote for me. Um, and no offense to the, the uh, sponsors of, 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 of these, uh, I, again, I hesitate to call them awards. Um, best of best of the Valley, best of Bethlehem, best of, uh, geez, if, if I can con enough really people <laughs> to, to vote for me, <laughs> that makes me the best of, yeah. Uh, may, maybe it should be best of, uh, ability to get people to make phone calls for you. I, it, it doesn't say anything right. about uh, even ugh, this has become uh, painful of late CFP certified financial planners. Um, they all, and, and in the interest of full disclosure, I was one of the original CFPs in the early eighties. There are now, tens of thousands of them. I think my original number was like 1400. So I was a CFP before CFP was cool. <laughs> Trendsetter. Trendsetter. <laughs> and when the CFP program announced that even though I had earned my diploma as I had from my college, in order for me to keep it on my wall, I had to send them 300 bucks a year. It became clear to me that as an organization, they had a very different agenda than they had started out with. And now, even though a CFP, Certified Financial Planner, uh, anyone who's, who's using that as a designation has pledged to be a fiduciary, 80% of them are not. They sell commissionable products with no obligation to be a fiduciary. Mm -hmm. The disciplinary board of CFP has been under fire for years because People who have never been disciplined are in prison. People who have never lost their CFP designation are convicted criminals. And some of them convicted of crimes we don't even want to talk about. They're that disgusting. Oh, wow. So you'd say, well, yeah, if it's an embezzlement, that's a bad thing. Oh, there's lots worse things than being an embezzler. Lots worse things. And, and yet they don't. So um, awards, accolades. Um, certifications, that's not the way to go. Chemistry, communication style, um, uh, confidence, trust. Um, I think the best way to find somebody is if, if they have, you know, a really good TV show on PBS and a radio show on WAB. <laughs> that um, is the true barometer. I think that's the best way. <laughs> uh, and now I say that tongue in cheek, um, which is why it, it was hard to understand me because I, I have my, huh? all right, in my head that was very funny. 
Um, I say that tongue-in-cheek. The advantage for people looking for a financial advisor that we have TV shows, plural, and we're on two hours a week, is not that they should pick us because we're on TV or radio, because there's lots of people on TV and radio that are boneheads and don't deserve a penny of your money. It's the ability for them to figure out who we are by spending time. Right. And really, isn't that how you figure out if there's somebody you can trust? Absolutely. You don't necessarily know that in a 30-minute meeting or even an hour-long meeting. You're you're not sure. It's a challenge. Yeah. It's a challenge. But if... If somebody's trying to figure out, do I trust Alyssa Young? Spending three, four, five shows, eight, 10, 12 hours hearing her answers, hearing her talk about her family, hearing her talk about who she is as a person, that gives a lot of people a good indicator. Not necessarily that they do trust you, but if they do trust you, because... I've been doing this a long time, and and I will tell you that I'm very, very proud that 90, 95% of the communication I get from our audience is wonderful and and appreciative, but there's a good 5% who go, wouldn't give you my last dollar. (laughs) You're not the guy for me. I think that's equally valuable because now... We're not going to work together. I'm not going to annoy them. And most importantly. They won't annoy you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Once again. What's, what? Oh, how about it? So many people. John suggests that sadly so many people uh, invest their money with somebody who gave them a dinner at the priciest restaurant, whether it's steak or lobster and of course, the pandemic kind of kicked the bejeebies out of a lot of that. But, oh, goodness. Mm-hmm. In Florida, uh, we have lots of folks who are either snowbirds or they have um, moved south and they're still clients. Um, they report to us they could go to a free dinner four nights a week, oh. every week, and never never have a duplicate for the year. Wow. There's just hundreds of them being offered all the time. But then you have to sit through that crap. <laughs> <clears throat> Better to sit through our crap than that crap. That's my food. Because <laughs> I mean, we're we're Saturday mornings. You can be in your underwear. You can you can be in your jam jam jams. Okay. Not you, John. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Keep not your pants user. on. <laughs> a, I I insist. Nine forty five. All right, young lady, you ready for another one? Yes, although I I see what you're holding in your hand, yes. and I'm familiar with this question, and I. Don't think I know the answer, but go well, ahead. We'll kick it around. Yeah, we'll yeah. Hit me with this. it. Um, it that in a very direct way describes how we help our clients. We have, I and I think you would agree. I would hope you would agree, or we're going to have to have a conversation later. We have the most wonderful team. We have the people in our more than money office are fabulous. So. Mark Basak, hey, I'm not really sure about this Social Security question. Why would you make up an answer when you can go to Mark Basak? I would never. <laughs> never? No. No. You get involved in something that's, that's from an investment standpoint, it's pretty intense and it's pretty deep dive. You, you got Mark Belsack 
r- right there. Right across. Why wouldn't yep. you talk to Mark? Right. And the answer is, of course you would. Right. Question. And this question you're about to read is an example of one that I'm reaching out to our team to get an answer to. Ah, very good. <laughs> uh, gentleman writes, uh, I am POA, executor and sole beneficiary of my brother's sizable estate. I know he has not filed federal or Connecticut state taxes for several years. He is currently in hospice. Oh, my goodness. God bless you. Uh, Should I resolve this issue now or wait for probate? His income has not exceeded $12,000 per annum for several years. Uh, If you think I should resolve it now, can you recommend a tax research fund firm? Oh, my goodness. Um. That's a hard thing. Yeah. That is a hard thing. Um, I think I know the answer. Okay. In many states, and certainly on the federal level, there's, and I don't know the the IRS term in the legal world, it would be called de minimis. There's a certain kind of, of, of such a modest number uh, in the state of Pennsylvania, if or, or federal tax, if if your income is very modest, this is a good example: twelve thousand. Mm-hmm. He has a standard deduction that's larger than his income. So, um, resolving quote unquote resolving this tax problem, I think, is going to end up being there isn't one. There's a very real chance that he was not required, his brother was not required to file a tax return, um, either federal or state. Now, states vary. Uh, Pennsylvania is different than Connecticut, et cetera. So we would have to be um, do a bit of research, and we can do that for him. That's easy. Um, a bit of research to find out if Connecticut requires a filing. In the state of Pennsylvania, Hundreds of thousands, if not millions of seniors do not file uh, Pennsylvania state returns, even though in some cases they should because they might be getting tax credits. Mm -hmm. So there are reasons to file even if your income is de minimis. But bottom line is, I think this gentleman is going to find out, thankfully, that this is not a problem. Okay. And uh, if his brother is in hospice my recommendation human to human friend to friend is don't do this now Mm. handle it in the estate and, and no harm, no foul. The fact that he is sole beneficiary makes that recommendation, I think even stronger because if I said, um, Zach has two brothers. He has a brother and a sister, brother and a sister. So Zach, uh, Alyssa's husband, is one of three children. Let's put him in this scenario, and he's saying, maybe I'll, I'll just take care of it out of the estate. Is it possible that one of his siblings takes umbrage and decides, hey, you're taking money out of the estate I should have gotten? Yeah, and that's not an issue here. He's the sole beneficiary. Mm-hmm. So it either comes out of the estate now or it comes out of the estate later. Okay. I will um, email him back, and I I did want to research the Connecticut Mm. requirement, so that's the main part that I'm not so sure about. But hopefully you're right, and it's not a problem, and he can just try to spend some time with his brother and deal with it later. Take care of the important stuff. That's right, yep. Um, 
So there are things that we're not so sure about? Yeah, uh, and I will always readily admit that. I don't know everything because I don't even have 780 years of experience. But the beautiful thing is I have you and I have Mark and I have the other Mark and I have <laughs> Daryl and Diane and Sue. And yeah, so the list goes on and, and on. Google and the IRS <laughs> website and Schwab. The, yes. the people, our service team at Charles Schwab, they're great, too. If I'm not sure about a process or a requirement or whatever, I just hit the speed dial on my phone and I get to the person who specializes in that topic and I say, hey, here's the situation. What do I need to do? And they walk me through it and then I can help my client better. So, so anybody out there that's listening who's saying, gosh, I, I, I would really prefer to have a financial advisor that already knows everything. <laughs> um, my my response is after I get done smiling, because that's just one of the sweetest, most naive and silly things I've ever heard. Um, you're absolutely right. You don't have 780 years of experience and don't tell anybody, but neither do I. <laughs> but that's another story for another time. We'll discuss that in detail in a future show. <laughs> 780. One of the most um, invigorating, I think one of the most satisfying and most uh, wonderful uh, uh, components of our profession is that now 780 years later, every day there's something new. It evolves. Tax issues evolve. Investment issues evolve. Uh, we talked earlier about buffered ETFs. Three years ago, they did not exist. People have heard a lot about fixed indexed annuities. 15 years ago, they didn't exist. Uh, when I um, began, um, thousand years ago, um, life insurance policies that were issued on two people. Crazy talk. That's no life insurance is on a person. Not anymore. Even Roth IRAs didn't exist when it you started. Didn't right? exist. Yeah. Didn't exist. So there are so many things. It's wonderful. If you are a intellectually curious person, which fortunately you are, I am. And basically everybody in our office is. Mm -hmm. It's invigorating to be able to dig in, research, and help somebody on a very specific issue that really means a lot to them. Yeah. I love learning new things and teaching people things. So it works out very well. It's the first thing she learned, 780 years. What do you have over there? I have another emailed question. This one says, I'm retired with a yearly income Far less than $40,000. I think that's the number. The comma is misplaced. Maybe it's $400,000. Let's see. I have an investment in a mutual fund yeah. that pays capital gains. Oh. If the Build Back Better bill with the proposed increase in the capital gains tax passes, would I be subject to the higher tax rate? Yeah. So, okay. yeah, the number is yes. 400000 Yes, there's a zero missing. And the answer is no. No, you would not be. Most of the current proposals, there's nothing passed yet. There's nothing that we can turn to and say, here's the new rules, because nothing's passed. Mm -hmm. uh, 400000 is theoretically the, the number um, below which it's just standard um, tax rates. Yeah. Um, taxation is going to become a more challenging, more, um, in essence, more vital piece of information for every financial advisor going forward because those kinds of um, challenges need to be addressed 
before we make investments, not afterwards, not saying, hey, we sold that thing for you. Next April, we're going to figure it out. Don't do that. Oh, my gosh. If your advisor isn't able, and by the way, many advisors are not legally permitted to give tax advice. If you go to any of the major brokerages, um, whether it's Morgan Stanley or Wells Fargo or et cetera, I say major, I didn't mean to throw Wells Fargo in there. Anyway, <laughs> if you go to any of the major uh, brokerages and you ask a tax question in almost 100% of the cases, they're going to say to you, I can't answer that. Please consult with your tax professional, as opposed to the more than money world headquarters where you ask that tax question or we ask that ca- tax question. And we say, can you hang on a second? Because Diane or Sue or Daryl, they're right around the corner. Yeah. Nicely done. How much time do we have there, sir? Three. Very good. A um, couple things that I want uh, from a housekeeping standpoint to uh, share with you. Um, we um, kind of discovered, should have known earlier, um, Christmas this year is on Saturday. Mm-hmm. So there won't be a More Than Money show that day. Oh, I was, I, I was planning oh, to come uh, in oh, on yeah. Christmas Excuse morning. Excuse me, kids. <laughs> kids, just leave your presents right there. You yeah. can open them when I get back at 1030. Just yeah, be patient. I, I know you were up at 5 a.m. and you're really excited. Yeah, just cool your jets. Pump your brakes there, buddies. Your gift will be listening to your mom on the radio. Oh, oh. <laughs> that's... That would go over like a lead balloon. Especially if the word only was in there. Your only gift is, yeah, well, the kids. You the have, gift of knowledge, you, children. You, oh, wow. And she said it with almost a straight face. That's pretty good. Um, secondly, oh, I don't have the date. The first Saturday in December, is it the 4th? I think so, but I can confirm. Not sure. She'll confirm that. Uh, we're doing our sec- yes. second annual um holiday drive around we had so much fun last year and even though the COVID is not the primary driver uh oh see how i did that driver uh nice uh we had so much fun with the drive around so santa claus will be there mrs claus will be there several elves will be there uh we're going to be raising money for the children's home of easton we're going to have um gift bags we're going to have special gift bags for the kids um special Doggy treats for the dogs. So bring your dog along. That's going to be fantastic. There's a rumor about reindeer in a sleigh, but that's at the moment still just a rumor. Okay. Mm. All right. It's more just I'm really hopeful. (laughs) Jean's Christmas wish is to have reindeer in a sleigh at the office for the drive-thru. Exactly. (laughs) That'd be fantastic. And if I can't do that, I want little tiny cows. (laughs) We'll see. Oh, thank you so much for spending part of your Saturday with us. If you have a question for us, go to our website, morethanmoneyonline.com. Send us an email, gene at askmtm.com, alyssa at askmtm.com, or go old school. Give us a call, 610-746-7007. Just a touch of the Doobie Brothers to say goodbye. We'll see you next week on More Than Money.